0: Today we're looking in the 42nd Psalm, Psalm 42. We're going to read the entire Psalm in just a moment. So delighted to have some very, very special guests with us. Some of our very own missionaries are here today, Tom and Kathy Moore, missionaries to Belize. God bless you. Amen. Make them welcome. Come on, you can do a better job than that. Love these people, love their ministry. We've had a couple of opportunities to minister for them and with them in Belize, and uh, uh, we're glad they are here uh, with us this morning. Psalm 42 began reading with verse number 1, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. The psalmist writes, and he says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers leading a great procession to the house of God. Singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged. But I will remember you even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan. From the land of Mount Mazar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas, as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Notice verse 3. Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? Verse 4, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. Verse 5, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Verse 9, oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Verse 10, their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? I'm using for my subject this morning, where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm hurting? Father, I thank you today for your presence in this house. Thank you for the spirit of God that that, that is here today. God, I sense in my spirit. I sense in my heart today that there are those this morning that are going through difficulty. They are going through trials. They are are going through uh, problems. They are facing things they've never had to face before. And perhaps they have questioned, where is God? I just pray that you will encourage us today. Through the word of the Lord, we pray. Have your way in this house. Let every need be met. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the glory of God. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Psalm 42 is a heart wrenching psalm. Could you hear and could you feel the pain of the psalmist as I read his words? He seems to try so hard to be positive. He seems to try so hard to praise. He seems so hard to try to have faith, and yet the nagging question seems to scream out, Where is God when I'm hurting? No doubt the sons of Korah, the writers of the Psalm, no doubt they were not the only ones with this question. Perhaps every single person in this room today has has at least had this thought. Oh, oh, you might not have been brave enough to ask the question out loud, but deep down on the inside you have wondered where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when tragedy strikes? Where is God when I'm sick? Where is God when misfortune knocks on my door? Where is he when injustice rears its ugly head? Where is he when someone walks out on you or takes advantage or mistreats you? Where is God? when I'm hurting. Just this past week a lady told me of her six-year-old grandson who has leukemia. and The doctors only give him a five percent chance of survival. I hugged her and I and I wept with her as as I thought of my own three grandchildren and how I would feel it were one of them Amen. just this past week i i went to the home of one of our members to pray for his terminally ill mother who must have a miracle if she is going to live just this past friday i i said farewell i said goodbye to one of our longtime members a man that i was very close to As I look pa- back over the last 42 years of full-time ministry, as I began to walk down memory lane. Oh, Listen, I have walked with people through every kind of heartache oh, and trauma and difficulty and pain and agony that you could imagine. The hurts are just too numerable and too depressing to describe. There's probably not a person in here today that hasn't experienced heartache. Some more than others, some more severe than others. Where is God when we're hurting? Where is he when all hell seems to be turned in our direction? Where is he when the winds of adversity are blowing at us in hurricane proportion? That's the question the enemies of the sons of Korah were taunting them with. Oh, where is this God you talk so much about, they asked? This God that you, that you say so has so much power. This God that you claim oh, to have so much faith in. Uh, where is this God of yours anyway? That's the question that I have chosen to address today. The story is told about a certain town that flooded. The pastor was at the church at the time of the flood, and and the water began to come into the church. And so the pastor stood on the platform as the water came into his church and started to rise, and and he prayed and he asked God to save him couple of moments went by, a man in a boat came by and yelled to the pastor, get in the boat, get in the boat preacher and I will take you to safety. The pastor said, no, I'm I'm waiting on God to save me. The water continued to rise and and so the pastor climbed up into the balcony of his church with the water rising. And, and again, and he, he prays and he asked God to, to save him. And about that time, the man in the boat came by again. And he said, get in the boat, preacher, and I will take you to safety. But the preacher said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. Water continued to rise and the preacher Climbed up on top of the roof of the church. About that time a helicopter came by with a rope dangling from the helicopter. And the man in the helicopter said, grab a hold of the rope, Pastor, and I'll take you to safety. But the preacher refused. He said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. Pastor drowned. And he woke up in heaven. And he demanded to see St. Peter. And they sent him to Peter's office. The pastor said to Peter, Three times I prayed and asked God to save me. Why didn't he? Where was God? And Peter said, Well, let's just find out where God was. And he went to the file cabinet and he pulled out the preacher's file and he held the file and he looked at it and he said, Hey, it says right here, we sent you two boats and a helicopter. What else did you want? tell you what I've discovered, and that is God doesn't always show up in the way I want Him to, but He always shows up. Where is God when I'm hurting? Let me suggest six different places today. First of all, when I'm hurting, I'll find that He's above us, watching out for us. Where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm going through the most difficult time of my life? He's he's above us and he's watching out for us. all. the psalmist said in Psalm 115 and 3, our God is in the heavens. Psalm 34 and 15 says, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their cry for help. Where is God when, when I'm hurting? He's above me. Uh, uh, he never takes his eyes off of me. He watches over me like a protecting father watches over his little children. I'm a pawpaw. I know I look too young to be a pawpaw, but I am. I have three grandgirls, and they are the delight of my life. They are my three greatest joys. And all three of them have been left in my care from time to time. As their pawpaw, I am very protective of them. And I take my responsibility very seriously. I pray for my granddaughters every single day. I lift them up in prayer. There are three specific prayers that I pray over my granddaughters. I take being a pawpaw very, very seriously. And so, and so when they're placed in my hands, when they're placed in my care, when it's just me and them, when I am left alone to care for them, I don't take my eyes off of them. If we were to go to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or somewhere like that where there's a, an indoor playground, I will, I, I will make sure that I am sitting right by the door. And my eyes will be peeled upon that door because, because, because I, I'm responsible for them. I love them. And listen, nothing bad is going to happen to them under my watch. I can't even imagine. I, I, oh, in fact, there's been a time or two when I just almost worked myself up in a frenzy thinking about well, what would ever happen if something bad happened to them when they were in my care. And so because of that, I never let them get out of my sight. Where is God when I'm hurting? Oh, oh, He's above me. His watchful eye is upon me. Oh, and He never lets me out of His sight. Not only is God above us, but He's beneath us, holding us up. Deuteronomy 33 and 27 says, The eternal God is our refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Now a refuge is a place of shelter. A refuge is a place of security. A refuge is a place of safety. You see, we would not need a refuge if it were not for storms and danger and life-threatening situations. You might say, Pastor, if God is above us, like you said, if God is watching out for us, why does he allow bad things to happen to good people? If God is all-powerful, then why doesn't he stop the storms and the danger? Why doesn't he stop the life-threatening situations from even happening to us? Good question. Hold on to that question you might want to ask him someday. I don't have time to get into this question. I have some partial answers, but that's not the question I'm addressing today. But listen, one thing that we need to remember and one thing that we know for sure, and that is that is that God created this world perfect. Pain and suffering and sickness and heartache only showed up after man sinned. It was never God's will. Oh, that pain and suffering and heartache and trauma, all of these things. They only came about after the fall of man. Before the fall of man, there was no pain. There was no suffering. Oh, there was no trauma. There was no problem. So if you want to get angry this morning, you're getting angry at the wrong person if you're getting angry at God because he created everything right and perfect. And man messed it all up. The fact of the matter is man will experience hard, difficult, hard to understand situations in his life. The question I'm asking and endeavoring to answer from the word of God today is where is God? Where is God at during these times in our life? The story is told of a father and son who would take a daily walk after the father would come home from work in the evening. Every day they would take a walk together. There was a new bridge being built not far from their house and and they would walk down to the new bridge and check on the progress of the workmen every single day. One day as they approached the bridge, the workmen were knocking the props out from under the bridge. The boy was puzzled as to why they would be knocking down what he had earlier watched them put in place. It made no sense to him. And the little boy asked his father, why are the workmen knocking the props out from under the bridge? The wise father thought for a moment and then he answered his son. And he said, they are doing that so that the bridge will rest upon the stone pillars that were designed to hold it up. And so it is with you and so it is with me this morning. So it is with us today. Sometimes we rely on props to hold us up. Props like a job or a relationship or a position or, or whatever you might bring up this morning. Listen, listen, God never intended for these props to be holding us up. Because Jesus is the rock. He is the foundation that God designed our lives to be built upon. He is the rock that our life is to rest upon. Where is God when we're hurting? Where is God when we're going through the most difficult, trying time of our life? Let me tell you, He is beneath us. He's holding us up. And sometimes God must allow the props to be knocked out from under us so that our life can rest more securely and more firmly upon Christ, our rock, and the foundation of our life. Not only is God above us and beneath us, but He's in front of us, leading us. Exodus 13 and 21 says that the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and He provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Here's the good news this morning. That is, I don't have to fear my future because Jesus is already there. You see, before God asked me to take another step, all oh, before he asked me to take the next step, he has already gone before me and he has already cleared the path. Because God is ahead of me. He's already aware of the obstacles that are standing in my way. Oh, you may not know what is out of, ahead of you today. You may not know what tomorrow holds for you. You may not know what the future is, but let me tell you, there is one who has already walked before you. There is one that is out in front of you here today. There is one that is going to, ahead of you today, and he is clearing the path and making a way for you. Amen. Thank you Lord. And he'll either remove the obstacle. Or he'll lead you around the obstacle. Or he'll lead you through the obstacle. Or he'll pull you up and over the obstacle. In Pennsylvania, there's a statue that measures of 120 feet in height. It was built to honor William Penn. I'm told that when birds fly south for the winter, many of them fly straight into the statue and die. And a close examination of the dead birds have revealed that most of these dead birds are young ones who have never made the trip before. Older birds who have flown this route before are aware of the obstacles and remember to avoid them. Hebrews 4 and 15 says that Jesus understands what we are going through because he purposely experienced every temptation and every heartache that man would ever experience. Jesus went before us. He's been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. Where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm going through the most difficult time of my life? He walks ahead of me today. Oh, and as he walks ahead of me today, he reaches back to me and he says, Here, here, take my hand. I'm in front of you. I've already taken the step that you're about to take. I've already taken it. Oh, it's okay. All is clear ahead. Take my hand and let me lead you through what lies ahead. Pastor, where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm faced with my worst nightmare? Oh, oh, he's above us, watching out for us. Oh, he's beneath us, holding us up. Oh, he's in front of us, leading us. And friend, he's behind us. He's behind us, cheering us on. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, your own ears will hear him. And right behind you, you will hear a voice that will say, this is the way you ought to go. I told you how much I love being a papa. But let me tell you that I also loved being a father. See, I was not supposed to be able to be a father. The doctor said it's one in a million chance. And so when I not only had one child but two, not just a boy but also a girl, wondering if I would ever have my own children. When I had them, it helped me to enjoy them maybe more than some. I, I loved all of the parts of their lives, throughout their lives. We, we chased our kids all over the country. I had the money. I spent chasing around those kids. I could retire today. <laughs> I'll never forget when my kids got old enough; they wanted a bicycle. So my wife and I went and bought a bicycle. They're not very big, so they need the training wheels, right? Yeah. So we buy them with the training wheels, and for a while, and for a little while, they're happy with the bike with the training wheels. But somewhere along the line, they Decide that it's time to take the training wheels off and learn how to ride. Now, it's a whole lot different in riding a bike with training wheels than without. Amen. Now, right, Randy. Amen. You finally got your training wheels off? <laughs> Randy's about old enough, we're going to put them back on. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. He's so old, he only rides 100 miles on his bicycle. Literally. Plus. And then he stops because the young guys can't go any further. Amen. <laughs> but the day finally comes when it's time to take the training wheels off and it's time to learn how to ride the bike. I'll never forget putting my child with my son or my daughter at the time but putting the child on the bike. The training wheels are off now, nothing to hold them up. You did it, didn't you? And I would put one hand on the handlebar and one hand on the back of the seat and I would go with them and it's okay as long as I'm back here. But then I would tell them, get ready, get ready. And I would give them a little push and they would be on their own and here they would be wobbling, wobbling a little ways on their body. Then they would fall. I'd pick them back up. I'd say, you're okay. You all right? We all fall. Try it again. And I'd put them back on the back, and I'd put one hand on the handlebar and one on the back of the seat, and that's okay, as long. but then it's time for the little push, and I would push them, and here they would go. They would wobble, this time maybe wobble a little further, and then they would fall. And again, I would pick them up. I would drive their tears. I would give them a kiss. I would encourage them. Maybe it would be time to wait till tomorrow. And I'd put them back on the back and I'd put one hand on the handlebar and one hand on the back of the seat. And I'd be behind them and I would give them a little pushing. Here they would go, wobbling. But this time they'd go a little further. But now they're on their own. But where am I? I'm back behind them. I'm saying, you're doing good, son. You're doing good, honey. You're doing good, baby. Keep going. Keep going. You can make it. Keep going. You can make it. Keep going. You can make it. Where is God when it hurts? Where is God when we're wobbling in our faith? Oh, oh, he's running behind us. And he said, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Keep going. Keep going. He's our cheerleader. That's where he is today. When you get close to 60, you got to stop and take a breath. I remember when I could use that illustration for five minutes. Where's God when I'm hurting? He's behind me. Oh, he's behind me. Oh, 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 where is God when, when I begin to wobble in my faith? behind me, he's cheering me on where is he when I stop wobbling and I fall he's right there to pick me up and dust me off and wipe my tears and put me back on the, on the bank of life again and tell me one more time I believe in you, I believe in you you can do it, this is the time you're gonna do it God when I'm hurting number five he's beside us walking with us I can't speak for you but for me the hardest of things seem much easier the scariest things seem far less scary the biggest things seem much Much smaller when somebody is with me. I'm not afraid of the dark when somebody's with me. Say, Pastor, you're afraid of the dark? No, I'm afraid of what's out there in that darkness. (laughs) Never been afraid of the dark, kind of afraid of that out there in the dark. You know what, nowadays it's probably not a bad thing to have a little fear. In Daniel chapter 3, the Bible tells the story of the three Hebrew children. Three young men who refused to bow to a king's golden idol. Every other person besides them bowed to the king's idol. And as punishment, the king tossed these three young fellows into a furnace of fire. But when the king looked into the fire, he didn't see three men. He said he saw four. And in Daniel 3, verse 25, says the king said, I I see four men. Look, look at them, he said. They are alive and they're well and they're unharmed and they're walking around loose in the fire. And the king said, and the fourth man has the appearance as the son of God. Where is God when I'm hurting. Where is God? Oh, when the heat has been turned on in my life, where is God? When all hell has been unleashed upon me, I'll tell you where he is. Oh, just look beside you today. I said, just look beside you. He's right there. Oh, he will not make you go into the fire alone. He won't desert you when the heat is turned on. He's right there. He's right beside you. Oh, take his hand. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. Take his hand this morning. He wants to walk right beside you through the fire. I said, I cannot speak for you, but for me, I I can walk through anything as long as Jesus is walking beside me and holding my hand. Where is God when it hurts? Where is God when I'm going to the darkest hour of my life? Where is God when I'm hurting? Lastly, number six. He's within us. He's within us, empowering us. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You have already won the victory because the Spirit who lives in you. Notice, the Spirit who lives in you. is greater than the Spirit that lives in the world. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20 says, All glory goes to God who is able through his mighty power that is at work in you. you, That is what? That uh, that is at work in you. To accomplish infinitely more than you could ever ask or you could ever think. Where is God when I'm hurting. Where is God when the pressure is on? Oh, where is God when I've reached the end of my rope? Oh, where is God when I have had my on moment? Oh, I've had all I can stand. And I can't sustain anymore. No where is God? Where is God? He's within me. He's within me. Oh, he lives in me. My power is limited. But his power is Unlimited. I don't claim to have all the answers. The fact is, the older I get, the fewer answers I have. You should have known me 40 years ago I had all of the answers. You should have heard me preach 40 years ago. I could solve all the problems, because I thought that was my job, and I was just operating on fake it till you make it. Well, I never made it. (laughs) I'm just old enough, smart enough, or dumb enough to just tell you there's more. I have more questions today than I have answers. The more I read this book, not the more answers I get, the more questions I get. What? God, you told them to do what? For doing what? You're a whole lot more spiritual than me. I can tell by the way you look. (laughs) But I don't get it sometimes. I said, I don't get it sometimes. Oh, my district secretary's back here taking notes right now. It's about time for my renewal. My tithe is paid up to the district, brother. I'm just being honest and transparent with you this morning. The more I read this book, it's not more answers I get, it's more questions. I don't understand whole lot of things, not one or two things a whole lot of things in this book I don't understand I don't even agree with some of it you didn't hear me, I said I don't even agree with some of it uh, do I be- Oh, yeah I believe it but I don't agree with what- why did you do that, why did you tell them why- I wouldn't have done it that way well duh, that's why I'm not God I don't claim to have all the answers. I've already said it three times, the older I get, the more questions I have and the fewer definite answers. But there's one thing that I do know. I know a few more than one thing, but there's one thing I know that I know that I know. And that is God is with us. Amen. Through thick and thin. Yeah. Believe me, I've been both thick and thin. I know that he's with me through thick and thin, through ups and downs. Whether I'm on the top of the mountain or whether I'm in the lowest valley, God is with us. Whether I see him or I don't see him, whether I feel him or I don't. Can I tell you one of my pet peeves? It's when a preacher says, if you don't feel something, something's wrong with you. Let me tell you, there's something wrong with me about half the time. (laughs) Because when you're having your Shondy moment, (laughs) I'm not having mine. Am I against feelings? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you something. If I had to go by feelings, I'd have been out of here years ago. I never read in my Bible where it told me I'm supposed to walk by feelings. Does that help you men a little bit? Because you know the women are all about feelings, whoa, 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 feelings. Amen. And we love you and we're glad you have those feelings most of the time. <laughs> I know God's with me not because I have some kind of Shandai moment, but because I have some kind of. Spiritual feeling or doodad or tingle, or. And I've had some of those. But I know He's with me, not necessarily because I can see Him, not necessarily because I can always feel Him. But I walk by faith. And He told me. He was above me, watching out for me. He told me that he was beneath me, holding me up. He told me he was out in front of me, making a way for me. He told me he was back behind me, encouraging me to keep going. He told me he's right beside me, just take my hand. He told me he's down inside of me. And he told me that greater is he that is on the inside of me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. So I choose to believe that when I'm hurting and when I'm going through the most difficult and trying hour of my life, that God is with me. Yes. Thank you, Lord. He said in Hebrews 13 and 5, I will never leave you. I will never Thank you. We have his promise. I choose to believe him. Do you? If we could get the musicians and singers back in place very, very quickly. Hurry, 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 run. Thank you for not running, Brad. You just had surgery. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, it was right down here somewhere as I was walking back and forth and pacing back and forth and praying as I do nearly every single day. And I was crying out to you as I always do every single week. God, give me a word. God, give me a word in due season. God, give me a word that will resonate in the heart of your people. God, God, give me the word that you want to be proclaimed Sunday. God, you know who will be here and who will not be here. Give me a specific word. And I heard you speak these words to me. And this message to my heart. So, God, I know today, I know that I know that I know that there are people. Oh, the law of averages tells me that there's hurting people here just because of the crowd. But, God, I'm not going by the law of average today. I am going because I know that this is a specific word for a specific people for a specific day. And the people are here today that need to hear this word. And I pray they will respond to this word. As musicians begin to play softly, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed today this word is for you today, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come to the front this morning, move in very quickly, very quickly. If this is a message for you today, if this is a message that has resonated within your heart, if this is the word that you needed to hear today, I want you to come. Thank you for coming. They're coming in both, from both sides. But let me tell you, there are many more. There are many more that need to come. Father, I just pray for those this morning that have come and responded to this altar call today. God, I I don't know what they're going through, Lord. I don't know what's happening in their life. Some may be putting on the smiley face and acting like everything is is all right and everything's great when they are absolutely, literally dying on the inside. First of all, I just believe, Lord, that your word today has, has helped began the healing process. Your word today has been a, an encouragement and an inspiration to them today and I thank you for that today. And now as we move into this time, God, I just pray they will have a real encounter. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will do a work of healing, do a work of healing, do a work of encouragement. Touch today, touch them today, touch them today, Lord. Touch them today, touch them today.